The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiecki is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Gwilda Wiecki's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Science of Magic or endorsed in any manner by Gwilda Wiecki, Relmar McConnell Media Company, its affiliated networks, stations, or employees. Welcome to the Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiecka, a program dedicated to uncovering the unified nature of reality and humanity's ever-evolving place as truly galactic beings. For more information on the Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiecka, visit us online at www.thescienceofmagic.net. Hello, dear friends, and welcome once again to The Science of Magic, a program combining the science and magic of today's leading topics to uncover new possibilities and co-create new solutions. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. This hour, we'll be exploring voices from the other side. I don't know when I first noticed that other people didn't get messages from nature and unseen sources like I did. I do remember my Irish grandmother, a devout Christian, telling me that while she understood my hearing the fae, as she called them, I really needed to keep it to myself. Others would not understand and think it the devil's work. That really frightened me. I didn't want to be seen as bad. Yet I could not ignore the almost constant influx of information from the other side. Furthermore, as long as I was careful of my interpretation, the data was always accurate. More than once I avoided disaster by listening to the information that I should have no way of knowing. I did learn to keep my own counsel. I learned very young that people were afraid of me and my messages were not welcomed. When receiving messages that involved the safety of my family, I would address my mother saying something like, driving to town today is not a good idea. She would listen and take my advice, never asking questions. Once I overheard an aunt asking my mother why she had listened to the nonsense. Mother simply answered, Gwilda is like my mother was. She just knows things. Where do these messages come from? Why do some people hear them and others not? Can we all learn to hear messages from the other side? And can we trust what we hear? Our guest this hour, Candace Sanderson, is in a unique position to help answer some of these questions. The author of Reluctant Messengers, Tales from Beyond Belief, Candy has been a clinical and school psychologist for over 40 years. Her life changed in a, minute, in a period of time in August 2013 when she began to receive messages from other worldly sources. The information was too strong to ignore, and she had to learn to live by another set of rules as her belief system stretched beyond the self-imposed limits of her past. Her website, CandiceSanderson.com. Candy, thank you so much for joining us on The Science of Magic. Wilda, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. I understand you had a life-changing event on your way to work one day. Would you please describe your life before that day? Sure. My life before that day was pretty much ordinary. Um, I'm a psychologist. I get up. I go to work every day. Um, I work hard. I come home. I sit in front of some sort of computer screen, um, go back to work, do the same thing the next day. Um, there's nothing in my life that is really out of the ordinary um, until this day in August. Um, it was, I don't know, a real eye-opener for me, and I really didn't expect it, but I was driving to work one day, and all of a sudden, I got this beautiful message about a flower. Um, this is early in the morning, 6.15, 6.20. There's not much traffic, and I immediately grabbed for my phone. I thought, I need to record this. This is so, you know, so profound. It was messages, words that weren't my own that were, were coming through to me. Well, I couldn't find my phone and I figured it would be better to uh, just try to remember it instead of trying to uh, grab my phone and probably have a wreck. Um, it was an, it was an, I don't know, it was a message that didn't come from me. There were words that were being used that I knew were not my own. It was a message about a flower. Um, 
I heard it and I also could see the messages. Um, I was told that a flower is a flower. So they took the word flower and hyphenated it. It's a flower of energy. And when it is connected deep into the ground to Mother Earth and it ascends toward Father Sky, it is in perfect alignment. And then it produces a flower. Um, the message went on to say that humans are like a flower. We are flowers of energy. And if we would just allow our energy to flow, we could open up to this, you know, beautiful, full potential that we are. Mm. Can you can you describe what the message sounded like? Was it like your mind's voice or something from outside of yourself? It's so hard to explain. It um, it came to me all all at once. Yet I knew that there were individual words. It wasn't like hearing anything, but it was so specific. Um, you know, the first thing I thought of being a psychologist is, good grief, what's going on? Am I hallucinating? Yeah, I've lost uh, it now. I'm yeah, hearing like, voices. Boy, <laughs> yeah, really, that's exactly what I thought. And so my clinical training clicked in, and I just immediately started thinking, okay, uh, is it a, an auditory hallucination? Um, I didn't have any of the criteria for it. You know, I, I'm actually pretty stable. Um, don't have any history of bipolar or schizophrenia um, in my background. Um, I had had a cup of decaffeinated coffee before I went to work. So, you know, that I'm ruling out any kind of psychedelic drugs. And I thought, okay, I'm just going to go with this. Whatever it is, it's just, it's a beautiful message. You know, usually when a person suddenly opens up to messages from the other side, if you will, it's accompanied by an initiatory illness or an accident. Was there any such event in your life prior to the messages? I had just returned a couple of weeks before from the Monroe Institute. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with them, but they, um, they have a campus in Virginia. Mm -hmm. I had actually attended one of their um, graduate level programs called Lifeline. And in Lifeline, we were to um, retrieve what they called were newcomers. So people who had just crossed over, had just dropped their physical form, but they hadn't quite made it to the, the other side. Now, Gwilda, I actually took this program. I really wasn't that interested in that specific program, but it was a prerequisite for another program I was interested in attending. But that program actually changed my life. Um, the first exercise, we were supposed to retrieve a newcomer, someone who had just passed over. And so we're I'm, I'm sorry, we're talking about someone that's left their body but hasn't crossed to the other side. Yes, they have not made it all the way to the other side. Okay. Um, they're just somewhere in between. I, you know, wasn't getting any information, but I, I do believe in, in this process. So I just um, had my iPhone with me. I just turned on record and just started talking. And all of a sudden, I, I just said this man's name, first and last name. I said Topeka, Kansas. And then I gave an, I, I heard another name. It was like a family name, but I knew it wasn't, I knew it wasn't a family name, but it, it could have been. Um, as soon as the exercise was over, we were all supposed to meet back together. And I Googled this man's name and I couldn't believe it. There's his name, first and last name from Topeka, Kansas. There's his obituary. Whoa. And yeah. And as I read his obituary, that other name that I knew wasn't a family name was the facility where he worked before he passed away. Now, what I did not pick up on was that he was a psychologist. Um, and then it made sense to me with us both being psychologists, that's where the energy connected. But what happened after that week at the Monroe Institute, what had become beliefs no longer were beliefs for me. They became known facts. So there was this tipping point in my life where all of a sudden I realized there is truth with a capital T 
about this energy that is all around us, energy that we may not be able to recognize with our five senses. So, so it's, it's pretty mysterious where this energy comes from and why we've ignored it all this time. You know, I think I, I have two grandchildren. The youngest one is almost two. And as I've watched them, I realize as infants, they will look at things that don't that no one else can see in the room. Um, they sometimes seem to be communicating with nothing that I can recognize. And as the children develop, they start developing language. And it's like, great, now they can start communicating. But I think what happens, Gwilda, is once we develop language, the center of who we are moves from the heart or the gut to the head. And we start becoming much more analytical in mm. everything that we do. We're going to have to pick up with this on the other side of a short break. Candy and I will return shortly, so don't go away. Remember, our current episodes are internationally broadcast and aired daily through the Exxon Broadcast Network. Past thought-provoking episodes are always available free of charge on our website, thescienceofmagic.net. This is The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiecka on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone radio show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone broadcast network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand worldwide and more does this sound like tomorrow's television well it is but you can have it today right now it is simul tv simul tv offers what the others only wish they could provide 15 exclusive channels like exxon sci-fi and horror we are worldwide no other provider offers that 500 built-in video games no need to have an extra expensive system we have them included free video on demand live streaming events from around the world, interactive online network, and much more. Tomorrow's TV today, Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Modern Esoteric, Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson, consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. There is much more to the story than what we have been told. As this is the first book in the Esoteric series, Modern Esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit www.bradolson.com. That's www.bradolson.com.
Welcome back. This is the Science of Magic. We're dedicated to unification and evolution of consciousness. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiyaka. Our guest this hour, Candice Sanderson, is the author of The Reluctant Messenger, Tales from Beyond Belief, and has been a clinical and school psychologist for over 40 years. Her website, CandiceSanderson.com. Candice, we were just addressing how um, children, uh, when they're preverbal, tend to, well, they're kind of like my cat or my dog in that I see them looking at things that I can't see sometimes. They tend to be kind of still connected to the other side, if we will, and we'll go into what the other side is a little later. And you were saying that once they become verbal or start becoming verbal, they start to disconnect from the heart and go to the mind. Why does that affect their ability to communicate with non-physical beings? Because I think what happens, Gwilda, is they start to analyze. Did I really see that? Did I really hear that? And there, there might be things that occur that they're not able to recognize with their five senses. Um, you know, when you look at your cat or, or your animal, um, they, they just go with the flow. They are part of everything that they are part of their surroundings. They don't stop and think, what should I do? Or what if I do this instead of that? They are just in the flow of all of the energy that surrounds us. And as children learn to use their language, I see that they, they quite often will lose contact with their gut instincts. Um, your heart will never lead you astray. What I would like to see is there to be a better balance where we can use our brains, but then also recognize the wisdom that our heart has and our gut has to guide us in the right direction. Do you think that children lose connection because they're imprinting on their parents, their parents' way of um, taking in information? Well, that is certainly part of it. But, you know, um, I've been a psychologist for 40 years and what I've seen is that there are more and more parents that are much more open to their children's psychic abilities than what they used to be. Um, When children might hear something or see something, or perhaps they have an invisible friend, it was not uncommon, you know, 20, 30 years ago for parents to say, that's not real, that didn't really happen. So what happens is it starts, they start to question um, what they know is, is real. But now there are more and more parents that are, that are encouraging their children to use the abilities that they have. And I think that's, uh, I think that's a beautiful thing. I'm really glad when I see that happen. Yeah, I think it's going to be our salvation. I, uh, I work in shamanism, and I uh, have had a lot of parents contact me with, I think my baby just saw auras, or my, 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 my son has an invisible playmate, but I don't think, I think it's real. And, you know, just people really starting to wake up to the fact that there's more here than what we've been taught over the generations to believe. Do you ever remember having similar experiences as a child? You know, I really don't. Um, I've been I've been interested in psychic phenomenon for as long as I can remember, and mainly it was because of my mother. My mother was was very psychic. If she said I have a feeling about this, it always happened, and that absolutely fascinated me. Um, I can remember her sharing a dream with me once. Um, I had a sister who had been killed in a car wreck. And two hmm. weeks, a couple weeks after after she passed away, she came to my mother in a dream and said, Mama, Mr., I'll use the name Johnson, Mr. Johnson is with me. And my mother told me about this dream. And later, she told me the, the next morning. And later that day when the evening paper came, there was Mr. Johnson's obituary. Mr. Johnson was not a family friend. Um, He was the CEO of a business college my sister had attended. And, you know, I had such a hard time wrapping my brain about what, you know, about this, what had happened. How could she have a dream that came true about someone who had passed away? But that was a real eye-opener for me. And I realized that there's so much more to this life than what we think we know. Boy, isn't that the truth? <laughs> so <laughs> right. let, let's define, what is the other side? Well, 
There's a template for you. <laughs> right, right, it is. It is. When I first had the message about the flower, um, I, I was amazed. I thought, what is this? Using language like Father Sky, Mother Earth, those certainly were not terms in my vocabulary. They are now, but they weren't then. When I got to work, um, I, you know, gathered my belongings, you know, went inside. Um, but right before I got into the door to, to unlock it, I was like drawn to this beautiful poinciana tree. And for those of you all that don't know what a royal poinciana is, it's, it's um, different colors. This one was a red one. It has beautiful flowers, almost like orchids. It has like, um, the leaves are almost like, like a fern. All, and I've, I had passed by this tree probably a hundred times, and all of a sudden I'm called to it, and I am connected to it in some way that I've never been connected before. And I looked at that tree and realized it was every much alive as I was. And then my, my eyes went straight to this bud, this flower that had not opened yet, and it just made me realize that the message I got was real. I didn't know where it came from, but I knew that I tapped into some kind of like other dimensional space. So where do the messages come from? What is the other dimension? Wilda, I think it's right there with us at all times. It's just allowing, if we can allow ourselves to perceive differently. Um, what what do you think about your experience um, in that class where you were uh, directed to connect with someone that had crossed? What do you think that opened up, and how did it open it up in you? Well, um, I finally had proof. I you know I believed in a lot of psychic phenomenon. But when I had that first experience with the man from Topeka, Kansas, now you've got to realize this was followed the rest of the week by I would have, I had seven or eight retrievals. And when you do the retrieval, they, they tell you ask for information so that it can be validated. But I was getting first, middle, and last names, cities what, I'm and sorry, states. Hang on just a second. What is a retrieval? A retrieval... Um, when someone has just passed over and so they've just died, mm-hmm. but they've not quite made it to the other side, we were instructed to take those souls, take their spirit, call in our guides or angels and help lead them to the other side. Oh, well, okay. Well, we call, we call this psychopomp work in, in yeah. uh, shamanism, helping the dead to cross. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. That is, you're right. That's psychopomp. And what I realized is there were so many retrievals that I made that were validated that I could no longer doubt the information that I would receive through psychic senses. It just was no longer a belief. It was a known fact. And just knowing that instead of believing it ended up being a tipping point for me. And I think that is what set the groundwork for all of a sudden these messages to spontaneously come to me. But actually, the messages had probably always been coming to me, but it allowed me to be a receiver where I could um, entertain that the information I was receiving was actually true and from from just a source, a whole new universe. I understand you not only hear but see the esoteric information. Would you share a little about that with us? Um, sure. I Let me share an experience. I went to a, a local church in Fort Myers called the Church of Spiritual Light. They were having a Reiki and crystal bowl meditation. I had never been before. And um, as the exercise started, and everyone is, it's a dim you know, room, you know, dimly lit. There's a a lady in the middle of the room uh, playing crystal bowls and then Reiki, a form of energy healing. There are two Reiki masters and go around to each person and do healing on them. Before the exercise actually started, um, they had soft music playing in the background. 
And I heard this drum beat. Now, to this day, I don't even know whether there was actually a drum beat in that music or not. But I was given the message that this is the drum beat of Father Sky. And all of a sudden, I see in my mind's eye a portal or a vortex that opens at the top of the room. And I'm looking around like the friends that I came with, and they're just peacefully, you know, resting and it's like okay i guess i'm the only one seeing this and in comes this this large group of native americans and they refer to themselves as the as the ancestors they all went to the back of the room and stood next came a smaller group um the wisdom keepers of the tribe they referred to them themselves you know as the council of elders now these are I'd never heard of that before. No, but no we're like, talking we're talking spiritual beings showing up, not physical ones, right? Correct, correct. I am seeing these in my mind's eye. Next came um, a throng of angels, and they all gathered at the back of the room, again in my psychic vision. Then, well, it looks like we're going to have to take another quick pause. Um, um, we will return on the other side of this break. Candy and I will continue our our discussion. So you stay right there. Don't miss all the wonderful things we have to offer on our website, your resource for creative solutions in a changing world. This is the Science of Magic, scienceofmagic.net, with Gwilda Wiecka on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. broadcast studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, to the world and beyond. You're watching the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. The scientist and the mystic have been on an age-old, relentless search with one thing in common. They seek truth. Their paths converge in the 40,000-year-old practice of shamanism, an ancient science delving to the quantum level of life, facilitating healing, manifestation, and evolution. I'm Gwilda Wiecka, the founder and director of Path Home Shamanic Arts School, a unique Colorado State-certified occupational school, training shamanic practitioners and teachers. We also provide classes for empowering personal lives through shamanism. Our certification classes are in week-long segments, enabling international participation, and online classes and long-distance shamanic healing sessions are available. Come discover the science of magic in the limitless world of shamanism. www.findyourpathhome.com Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere. 24-7-365. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnix, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God, it was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God. And finally, after the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. 
For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. Welcome back. This is the Science of Magic, a place where magic and science come together to promote enlightenment. If you enjoy all the wonderful topics on our program, visit my blog where the adventure continues at our website, thescienceofmagic.net. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka, and we're speaking with Candace Sanderson. She's been a clinical and school psychologist for over 40 years and is the author of The Reluctant Messenger, Tales from Beyond Belief. Her website, candacesanderson.com. Candy, we had to break for a commercial when you were just getting into um, the uh, Crystal Bowl episode that you were in, and all of a sudden, Native elders started showing up. Would would you mind continuing? I I would love to. Um, I was in the middle of having this, um, actually, it was a, a pretty unusual experience, but while I'm at this place, I'm at the Church of Spiritual Light, which is um, a a church very close to me in Fort Myers, Florida, the portal had opened, and in my psychic vision, I had seen um, the Council of Elders, I had seen ancestors come in, and then I saw a throng of angels come in, and all of these, in my mind's eye, came to the back of the room, and they turned around and faced this portal. As I'm as I'm looking up, the, I see more action in the portal, and out comes a white buffalo calf. It was uh, looked like a newborn. It was totally white. I could see milky blue eyes. There were tinges of pink around his eyelids and around, you know, his ears. Um, and I was so surprised to see this. I don't know what I had expected, but certainly it wasn't this. I then saw more action and out comes from this portal, from this vortex, a beautiful Native American woman. And she starts talking about the white buffalo calf. You know, this was, after all, a a healing ceremony with the crystal bowls and the Reiki, the energy healing going around, you know, to each person. So the... Go ahead. Did you, I'm sorry, did you have um, any Native training or uh, background that White Buffalo Calf Woman was part of your history or belief system? Oh, absolutely not. In fact, I, I didn't even realize um, until a few weeks later that she, she was a legend. Um, I grew up in Western Kentucky. Um, there was, I, I never had any kind of um, cultural I, I knew nothing about Native American uh, philosophy or, or, you know, religion. This And I, you know, to me, it was just this beautiful woman coming in with this um, message about the buffalo. Um, you know, I can, and can still see the way she was dressed. She had on like white um, tanned skins, you know, I guess of a buffalo. She had fringes on on the sleeves and on the bottom of her dress with these beautiful beads. So this was very visual for you. It was very visual. But at the Um, same time, you recognized it was your mind's eye, not your physical vision. Right. You know, I knew it wasn't possible for this to actually happen in third dimension, but it it was so visual. Um, She then started talking about the white buffalo calf And she said, this is how we needed to be in order to accept healing, that we needed to be open like a child, the innocence of a child, but the purity of the white buffalo. And as we open our hearts to this kind of setting, then we would allow healing to take place. So what kind of healing do you suppose she was talking about? I, I mean, were you, probably, were you ill at the time? Why, why'd, you, why'd you go to this thing? Well, I actually went to, went to it because a friend of mine had gone, and he said it was just very powerful having both Reiki and crystal bowls at the same time. And I'd never experienced that before. I'd been to crystal bowl ceremonies before and Reiki, but never both at the same time. Um, and I thought, why not? Um, let's just try it. And it was, it was just 
such an amazing experience. But so was was the when you went, were you expecting a healing of some sort? Was that your motivation or just to see what was going on or what? It was probably curiosity more than anything. I'm, um, you know, I'm healthy. I don't have any kind of real health concerns that I'm aware of. Um, it just was a place to 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 go to a new place to experience uh, whatever it was they offered. Um, so what what you make what you make of her then suddenly talking about healing? Well, I mean, because, if that wasn't your motivation, no it. The purpose of the of the ceremony actually was to provide healing for everyone. Uh, I didn't have any specific issues myself that needed healing that I was aware of, but I know that when you do energy healing, um, you're working on the energy body, and this is where a lot of preventative help can come in. Um, there may be something within my energy field that has not yet manifested as a problem. So this is a, a way to kind of preempt that and hopefully prevent um, any kind of disease or um, illness that might occur. Okay, so her message seemed kind of general to the group, maybe? Yes, yes, that's, that's the way I took it. But, but no, you know, no one else saw her? No, no. Um, the biggest surprise came was, you know, when the ceremony was over, um, the reverend at the church asked if anyone wanted to share. And I had not um, been to this place before. Um, I was furiously writing down my notes so I wouldn't, you know, forget what was going on. And I thought, you know, I might as well share um, what I saw because to me it was remarkable. And her mouth dropped open and her eyes got large. And she asked me if I knew if I had ever been to the Church of Spiritual Light before, and I, I told her no. And she asked me if I was aware that the church was built on the foundations of the medicine wheel. And I certainly did not know that. Um, was, I was don't even know what that means. Was it a Native American church? Not that I knew of. It was, it was a church that they say that there are all denominations and all faiths. Okay, so it's but, a multi-dominational multi uh, white person's church based on Native principles. Apparently, but I certainly didn't know about the Native principles. So when she asked me about the, um, you know, the foundation, being based on the foundation of the medicine wheel, no, certainly I didn't. Um, and then she asked me um, if I knew that they had a John of God crystal bed. And I Ooh, stop a minute. Said, what is that? <laughs> okay. Well, well, that's what I, I said. No, I, I didn't. And she explained to me that John of God is a healer from Brazil. And a lot of people go to him. I, I do remember that he was on Oprah Winfrey um, years ago. And as part of his healing, he brings in entities that he apparently channels. And these entities help many people heal. And one of the things that he recommends, he may recommend after a healing, that people use um, what he calls is a crystal bath. But there is a bed that consists of seven lights and crystals that are the different colors that line up with the chakras, the you know energy bodies of the of the energy centers of the body. Okay. And this church has. A John of God bed, which I did not know that. But what Reverend Bledsoe also told me was that the John of God bed is a portal. It opens up energies from the healers from John of God in Brazil to come into the person using the bed. So that made sense. It's like, was that the portal that I saw open? So really, all of this was an internal thing going on because you were in the frequency of the crystal bed, because you were in the frequency of a church belt on the medicine wheel, because you were in the frequency of people seeking healing. You opened up to the information that related to that. Could that possibly what was going on? I think that's exactly what was going on. But as I walked in, um, you know, the room was dimly lit. I couldn't see anything um, that would suggest that it was had a Native American flavor to it. 
um, I didn't know they had a John of God bed. That was in the other room. And then Miss yeah, Reverend Bledsoe told me, asked me if I knew that to one side of the bed, which of course I wouldn't know, was a picture of white buffalo calf woman. I had no idea who that was. Um, you know, I did realize she must have thought that was the Native American woman I saw that came in right after what, the white buffalo calf. Wow, fascinating. So, it, you know, one thing one thing that comes to me, and of course we're going to have to pick up on the other side of a commercial break to dive into it, but one thing that occurs to me is, you know, p- shaman that work with visions uh, have been trained for generations to interpret them and to... Um, um, to make sense of them and see who the messages are for and see if they're literal or metaphorical. Um, did you have any of that training whatsoever before going into this? Um, no, I didn't. Um, I, you know, I have attended a few um, um, programs at the Monroe Institute, um, which does talk about, um, you know, expanding your consciousness and expanding awareness, but training, especially with shamanic things not at all was totally unfamiliar with that interesting very interesting well we are going to have to take another quick break uh, and we will return on this very fascinating subject on the other side uh candy and i will be back so don't leave us now this is the science of magic with Gwilda wieka our executive producer is rob mcconnell and we're coming to you on the wonderful x-zone broadcast network www.xzbn.net don't you dare go away X-Zone? Now watch it on Simul TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. The new nonfiction book, Razor of Madness, is similar to cult movies like Clockwork Orange, Dragon's Tattoo, or The Other Side of Hell. Wayne Morin Jr. and Thomas Lee Howe will expose widespread and systematic deficiencies in this thought-provoking tell-all novel. Mind control rages among scholars in law schools. Human rights are ignored while thought reform and mental manipulation are accepted practices used as behavior modification. Dr. Louis Jolion West comes to mind. Media and public scrutiny shows that United States mental hospitals are in fact destructive murder industries. Razor of Madness Exposé Novel details this epidemic through an in-depth professional and personal investigation. For decades there has been a revolving door policy that still releases killers and pedophiles back into society. The maestro of mind control continues to haunt America to this very day. Razor of Madness is available in paperback or as a downloadable ebook at Amazon.com. I'm William S. Peckham. If you enjoy a good mystery with a touch of the paranormal, then you'll love my novel, From Out of the Woodwork. It's the story of a young Toronto contractor, Sean Kennedy, who buys derelict homes, guts them, and turns them into multifamily dwellings. Slums just waiting to happen. When Sean buys 29 Livery Lane, the house fights back. Former owners unexpectedly come out of the woodwork as he starts the destruction. The apparitions come to him when he touches old books, reads hidden letters, rummages through old boxes, finds a locket or reads a discovered manuscript of a murder mystery. From out of the woodwork will take you from 1899 
to the horror of the World Trade Center, September 11, 2001. Check out From Out of the Woodwork on my website, www.williamspeckham.com. Welcome back. This is the Science of Magic, bringing together gifted people of service to the world. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. What piques your interest? I always love to hear from my listeners. Email me at info at thescienceofmagic.net and suggest a topic or a guest that's on your mind. I'm sure we'll all enjoy them. Our guest this hour is Candace Sanderson. She's the author of The Reluctant Messenger, Tales from Beyond Belief. Her website, candacesanderson.com. Candace, we were, we were talking about how... Um, we might get information, but how do we interpret it without training? How do we tell it's valid? And where do you think the uh, information was coming from? Um, in my experience at the uh, Church of Spiritual Light, um, not being trained as a shaman as you are, I can only, I just felt in awe of the experience that I was able to pick up on information that I knew nothing about. Um, I don't know whether it's called by location or whether I'm picking up energy just from the room or whether I'm picking up energy from other participants. But what I found is as someone who is, has not really been trained, but who is a novice in this field, I realized I was able to tap into other energy fields. And as I tapped into these fields, information started coming to me. Um, sometimes it's very specific. Other times I do have to do some interpretation. But after a while, I started getting specific messages from different, um, different energy systems. And I wish they shared information with me, such as um, how does time work? Um, I was shown a vision of creation. Um, I was oh, when, shown. I'm sorry. When when was this? I'm. I was still back in the church. <laughs> um, creation. I was. I had a vision of creation um, a couple of years ago, where I actually saw um, energy explode, and and I saw what was later. Re, you know, I realized was the Big Bang. What, what, what was this? I'm, what, I'm sorry. What were the circumstances around you suddenly going into the vision? What were you doing? What was on your mind? It, it was um, interesting. I had um, had a lot of energy that I felt like came into me, and I was I found myself getting up at three um, three thirty in the morning, which is not like me at all. Oh, so and, so you've been sleeping when this started happening? Right. I normally don't get up till 5.30 or 6 each morning. So um, I was finding myself for about a week having so much energy that I was getting up at, at you know, 3.30 in the morning and I would start walking or sometimes running in the neighborhood, which is pretty unusual for me. And all of a sudden I saw this um, dark energy coming together and forming and then exploding into this um, brilliant light. And I realized that this was um, probably what most of us refer to as the Big Bang. What, what had you uh, decide that? It sounds kind of benign in a way. I mean, it could have been anything. Why, why do you think it was the Big Bang? Well, um, a couple days after that, for several days after that, I started getting more messages about the event and what it, what it meant. I saw it through the eyes of religion, um, where there was um, the energy of of God, um, the birth of a son, S U N slash S O N. That was that represented Jesus Christ. So and wait, had, uh, birth of a child? Is that what you saw? Not not the S U N. I saw, when I saw the energy that exploded into a sun, S-U-N, uh -huh. the birth of a star, a sun, I then was given an overlay of what I had seen in my mind's eye that first 
day when I was up early in the morning running. And I was told that the birth of the sun, the S-U-N, represented the birth of the S-O-N, Jesus Christ. Okay, so what do you think that information actually meant? It sounds like a bunch of metaphor to me. Um, I wasn't, I was very surprised and I wasn't sure what it meant. But the next day, then I saw the same event in my mind's eye through the overlay of science. And I was given information about black holes and singularities, gravity wells, and um, how stars were formed. And this was so, information I knew nothing about. So you didn't have any scientific background with that no. either? Just no. like you didn't have any religious background with the Native American way? Correct. So how do you know what you're looking at is scientific, um, and how do you interpret it? Um, trust but verify. Um, I was given several, I was given a lot of terms that I was not familiar with, uh, such as singularities, you know, gravity wells. And I looked that information up later, and I found that like at um that there's a singularity that occurs at the bottom of a black hole. And, you know, this, I didn't know that before. Um, but all of this kind of um, combined, I was very confused about why I was getting this information. Yeah, and, I can imagine. Mm-hmm. And right at the, at the very end of this event, which took almost a week, it, it was in, in October, um, I was told that I was an instrument of the word and that I was given different overlays of this event from different perspectives because I needed to reach a wider audience. There's part of the audience that might have a religious background, part of the audience may have a scientific background. And being an instrument of the word, I was given more information so that I would have a broader base or broader knowledge. So what gave you the impression that this was not just for you, just for your um, progression in spiritually, if you will, but rather to be shared with people? Um, I think when I was told I was an instrument of the word is what made me realize um, that maybe I needed to get my information out to other people and for those who might be at the point in their life that they are seeking additional knowledge, that this might be useful to them. Um, when, when I got the information about me being um, an instrument of the word, that, that sounded really familiar to me, and I looked it up, and then I realized it was from St. Francis of Assisi, uh, Lord, make me an instrument of thy peace. Okay, so if if that's the case, then um, how long ago was that? Well, it was in October um, three years ago. And when I looked up the date, that actually was the date of the Feast of St. Francis, the date that this occurred. So since then, have you uh, made an attempt to get any training to help you interpret metaphorical information, spiritual information? Um. Not specifically, um, other than I do try to attend at least once a year a program at the Monroe Institute. And that is just one, you know, a place where you can really expand consciousness and awareness. So what's the Monroe Institute? The Monroe Institute uh, is in Faber, Virginia. And it's it's a place where you can go for a week-long program at a time. And they work with binaural beats, and they're using sound technology to expand your consciousness and expand your awareness. Um, it's it's not really – Bob Monroe was an explorer of consciousness for many years, and he um, used sound technology to help people um, expand their awareness beyond what the five physical senses can okay, measure. Okay, so – so that helps you expand what you're what you're able to sense. But it sounds like you were already getting pretty expansive. What helps you interpret it so that you know if you're sharing information, it's valid rather than mixing metaphor and literal? Um, 
you know, everyone's perception, many people can witness one event and their perceptions will differ according to how they saw that, that specific event. Um, I feel like my book is something that I can offer as my experience. And some people may relate to it. Um, others, other people may not. But I feel like I will share my experiences and those that are called to uh, resonate with it will. Okay, so um, what what would you suggest? What's somebody looking for if they're going to buy your book? Um, a journey, a journey of an ordinary person who, without training, um, has had some remarkable ex- remarkable experiences happen, and most of these experiences are beyond what the physical senses can measure. There is a whole new world that surrounds us that so often we don't tap into because we, we restrict ourselves well, to what um, our five physical senses can measure. Unfortunately, Candace, time does fly, and now we're out of it. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Our guest this hour has been Candace Sanderson. She has been a clinical and school psychologist for over 40 years and is the author of The Reluctant Messenger, Tales from Beyond Belief. Her website, CandiceSanderson.com. Remember to join our email family to stay abreast of all the exciting new things we have coming up at thescienceofmagic.net. This has been The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiecka on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. Until next time, dear ones, may you be blessed with knowledge and comforted with love as you find your own messages from the other side. Modern Esoteric, Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson, consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. There is much more to the story than what we have been told. As this is the first book in the Esoteric series, Modern Esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit www.bradolson.com. That's www.bradolson.com. Are you or is someone you know struggling with addictions, depression, anxiety, relationships, low self-esteem, lack of confidence, grief, success, and prosperity? Do you know that your subconscious belief plays a big role in the outcome of your hard work? We can help you permanently change the beliefs that may be the reason for your struggles and failures. We care about getting you the return on your investment and the results you are looking for. We can help you be free of the limitations of your past and in realizing your highest potential. We work with people by phone and Skype. For more information, visit us at www.ritasoman.com. That's www.ritasoman.com. Do you think you have energy problems in your home? Do you feel better when you're away than when you're home? Joey Korn is a global leader in the world of dowsing who specializes in personal energy clearing and space clearing. He can help you create an ideal energy environment in your home no matter where you live in the world. Learn about his remote spiritual house cleaning services and much more at www.dowsers.com. You can get Joey's book, Dowsing, A Path to Enlightenment, as well as other dowsing books and tools, Kabbalah books, and Walter Russell books. Joey's work is really amazing. 
Go to dowsers.com right now. That's D O W S E R S.com or call 1 877 Dowsing. That's 1 877 369 7464.